the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the new state president and CEO of the California African American Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses. And I said all small businesses. We help them start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. To get in touch with your local Black Chamber of Commerce, go to blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. My guest today, they say I interview rock stars. Well, this is a good friend of mine from the past, and I'm so thankful that he came on the show. I want to introduce the Bay Area and everyone who listens to the show to Mr. Sonny Vaccara. How are you doing, Sonny? I'm doing much better now that I'm talking to you, Carl. It's been many, many years. We go back a long time. And uh, and you made me you made me smile and happy when you were a youngster in high school at Scott right. High School in Pennsylvania. And you made me more proud as I watched you grow and mature as an adult and, and to do the things you're doing. And, and what you're representing now is something that uh, reaches deep into my heart. And I'm proud of you when I read the story that Pam brought out to me the other day. So you've come a long way from Brighton, Pennsylvania, young guy. <laughs> well, Sonny, you know, it was really people like yourself because, uh, and I know a lot of people have our story, Sonny, your story and my story, to where even if the mom and dad aren't paying close attention to the kids, if someone is very interested in that child, that child will sort of aspire to lift itself up to that person's expectations. And because of people like you, Sonny and Hambone and George Zucco, and we'll talk about those guys. I'm very grateful and thankful for them. I, I remember those guys also. And they, they were good people, especially the Zilko family. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's your show. Sonny, I, I, I want to say something because I want you to give a background of who you are and where you came from. But I'm just going to prepare our audience because when he says the name of a place called Trafford, uh, nobody would know where it's at unless you lived in Trafford. But it's near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sonny, give our audience a little background on who is Sonny Vaccaro. I'm a little Italian kid that grew up in the in the. I was born in '39 and grew up in Western Pennsylvania. In an opportune time when families were united together and nationalities were able to get along better, and you had different churches, and we all respected that. 
was a different world when I grew up. And the war was just over, and most of my family was involved in World War II. Uh, and I grew up in that era. I grew up when sports was an out for minority kids, and uh, and that was one of the you know one of the chances I had. But more important than anything, you know, uh, Carl, as I reflect back and I've answered this question a few times, I, I, I say usually this is for the last 60 years, baby, uh, I am Italian-centric and Pittsburgh proud. And I think that's how everyone with a background, a you know, nationality, a home, but Pittsburgh was meaningful in a lot of different ways. And sports was a was a catalyst to giving all all kids – a chance, you know, sometimes just to get an education and other times to get, play in you know, various sports and meet people, but it gave us a chance and it was uniform. There weren't a lot of what I say, um, schools specifically for blacks or whites or Italian or whatever. If you were in the neighborhood, you were in the neighborhood. So as far as the all-star game, I was a young man, had an idea and it, it, it started my life professionally, and I wasn't a basketball player. Ladies and gentlemen, Carl was a pretty good basketball player, but he was surrounded by very good ones, so he never got the acknowledgement. He, he could have gone maybe on a lesser team, but where he came from, Braddock, Braddock, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, Scott was a part of Braddock, and then there's ranking. You had some brand areas. If this, the audience listening to this show right now, if they went back and and did a, just put a, a big, you know, big uh, map on top of you and go a 15 miles circle from Braddock, Pennsylvania. It doesn't see 17 miles to Pittsburgh. That's where mm-hmm. traffic was. If you go mm-hmm. 15 miles in a circle, you'll find some of the greatest athletes ever play. And then you can do that on the other side of the river. Because as a people, we should know Pittsburgh has, you know, all the rivers, the three rivers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you did that, you were exposed to athletics. And athletics was a way out. There's no question about it. And another thing it was greatly known for, and that no one would probably know this because I'm a, a, a great music fan. When I grew up, if you were a singer, and you know, athletics, you had to go to a school or a college to, to go on. But if you, had a, if you had a inkling that you had talent in other worlds, you could do things and be successful. And if you were a singer, in the 50s and six in the 60s where I and I grew up you were either black Italian and and the Jewish kids wrote the song the black kids and the Italian kids <laughs> the and I know this because I lived that and I I, I know we knew everybody mm-hmm. that's basically what it was so I, I wanted to put that out first and, and we only have so many minutes on your show but what I'm saying is and today it's entirely different, but you ask your next question and we'll get to whatever today is. Well, no, okay? I, think, uh, I think what you said though was very important and uh, because uh, you, you express what we call the neighborhood. Remember that Sonny, where yes, I could I go, I could go up the street and if I'm messing up, Miss so-and-so, so-and-so will come out there and she'll whoop me and call my mom and dad and I get another whooping. So yeah, it was, it, it was a good time. It was a good time, Sonny. But Sonny, I, I want to just, I want to just focus it just for a, a quick second though on when you mentioned what happened to you when you were 24 years old because you started something, Sonny, that all the kids around my, my age loved and aspired to play to, the Dapper Dan Round Ball Classic. Tell me just a little bit about that. Well, it was an idea I had. I used to play in the, uh, the variety. I used to get kids from the local areas. 
you know, kids, you know, like Billy Knight and, you know, and kids like that. I say Billy because he's famous and mad, but a lot of kids. And I used to just take them around and play and pick up, not pick up games. They were a precursor toward AAU and summer basketball is now mm-hmm. 60, mm-hmm. 70, 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we used to play in these tournaments and I fell in love with it. And I took kids around and, and, and I used to have the Dickie Defense of the world, the Reese Lucas and Kenny Durant and whatever. So mm-hmm. I was involved. I, I, I loved it. But ironically, I was really a good athlete in Stratford, and I wasn't able to get a scholarship. But my point was it's nothing to do with basketball. Mm. I fell in love with basketball after I got injured in the other sports, and I did that. And from that, taking the kids around, I had an idea. I went to my friend, Pat DeCesar, who was in, at that time just getting started in music, and the Civic Arena was just built in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was an unbelievable arena. We're talking about 1964, not these wow. monsters that are building now. <laughs> in the Civic Arena, right across the street from the Hill District, which you'll know, which mm-hmm. was uh, predominantly black, and mm-hmm. the high schools were the, called the City League. And then you had the WPL. Well, these kids were good, but they never had a chance. And mostly black kids went to black colleges. They, they didn't even get a chance to go to the major college. Mm-hmm. My idea was, I'll show you, Let's play the you know, let's play Pennsylvania against the world. No one did that, and 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 we did it. And our kids won some games. Uh-huh. And, and 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 I just sort of record because I do want to move on. That the McDonald's game, plays McDonald's, mm-hmm. come thirteen years after I started. Patsy Caesar started the round ball class. We were the only. We were the first and only national all star game basketball in America. Wow. That's his wow. sir. That's Man, Sonny, you're Sonny, you're such a visionary. Sonny, people don't know this, but I'm gonna share it with them and you could talk about it too. That's what was a wonderful vision. But you're known, Sonny, because you helped Michael Jordan sign his first sneaker contract. I, I wanna say that once again so people hear that. The famous Michael Jordan, Sonny Vaccaro, helped him sign his first sneaker deal. Tell us just a little bit about that, Sonny. You know, you, you tell me it's a little bit. I can't talk in a little bit, but what I can say <laughs> is, I, 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 I recommended to a young company named Nike in 1984 <laughs> that they were they were going to get into that world because I had been working with Nike doing colleges and you know outfitting colleges and, and youth programs and still living in Trafford. But I was a novice about everything. And I never knew Michael in my life. I saw him beat Georgetown, which was my favorite college team at that time. Uh, you know, so I was at that was the only time I ever saw him. So we were going to make Nike was going to make a, an investment in professional athletes. Mm-hmm. I came to a meeting. They invited me, which I had never been done before. Because I started working with them 77, 78. And this was 84. Mm-hmm. And it came down to a group of people much more powerful than I was at that day. Mm-hmm. But I... I, I the, the the God's honest truth is whatever however history plays out, I was the one that stuck by Michael. I got him signed. I I wasn't the lawyer that did the contract. I got him signed. I was with him. And then Michael and I traveled the world mm. for eight years together. Traveled the world. We were in Europe. Pam and I and Michael and uh, Howard White, uh, a friend who was worked closer to Michael. He was Michael's guy from Nike. We, we literally traveled everyone. Did, did, I did a special show for him you know, on, uh, on uh, NBC. So, Carl, just to move on and, and get to other subjects, we're going to hit your minute mark pretty soon. No. That was, you know, well, that, but that's, that just started me in the public side. But the little kid from Trafford, the Italian kid from Trafford, 
you know what, what I was and what I probably still am here, I had these ideas. I'm not good at a lot of other things. I, you know, my wife, Pam, is like, you know, my, my major, <laughs> so she makes sure it's everything right. And I've always had good people that I would be able to involve my life with through the things. Yeah. And, and basically, that's what's happened. And it brings us to 2000, whatever the heck we are now, 22. And I've watched a lot of things. So well, go ahead. Well, you know, Sonny, that's a lesson for everybody, Sonny. You may not feel that that deep about it, but to understand that a visionary needs to have good people around him to help that vision come to fruition. I'm going to do this, Sunday. I'm going to give people a chance to be able to connect with you. If those who are hearing this right now want to know more about Mr. Sonny Vaccaro and his upcoming book, which I'm just going to tease a little bit about, you can reach Sonny at SonnyVaccaro at Mac.com. That's S-O-N-N-Y B-A-C-C-A-R-O at Mac.com. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. My guest today, my good friend, a man I've looked up to for lots of years, Mr. Sonny Vaccaro. And Sonny was telling us those wonderful stories of, of how he got to where he did and how he met Michael Jordan and got Michael Jordan signed to his first sneaker contract deal. But Sonny, I know you work for not just Nike, you work for some other folks too. Can you tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about that sports marketing business? What's that about? Well, you know, just a quick glance through. You're right. I went for Nike. They fired me. Uh, they basically fired me in 1991, 92. Then I, I took a minute or two off, and Pam and I reorganized. Then we hooked up with Adidas, you know, in 92, 93, and we signed Kobe Bryant and a bunch of other people and was very much involved with LeBron James, and we did the contract, and I got to know LeBron when he was 15 years old, and we were sitting pretty good and maybe signing him, and they reneged on the type of contract they were going to give him, and that was the first time in my life. Because up until that moment, every time I talked to anybody, and there were hundreds of college coaches mm-hmm. I did these contracts with, mm-hmm. that my word was the contract. I didn't do the right. legal work, and I also, right. but I had permission to have so much money. So they 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 bullcrapped me, and they mm-hmm. so when LeBron and his agents opened up the package, it wasn't that much money. Pam and I quit as we were mm-hmm. leaving. We, we lived in Malibu at that time. We were going up the hill to go to our house in Calabasas. It's a big mountain, you know, and Mm-hmm. By the time we got to the top of the mountain, I turned to my wife and she and I said, "You know what I'm going to do?" And she said, "Yeah, Sonny, I do. You're going to quit." So we quit Adidas. And then uh-huh. a day or two went by. I mean, you know, mind the year. Mm-hmm. And then I signed with Reebok. So I had all three major things. Then I stayed at Reebok. It was the best professional deal financially for me I ever got. And, they, wow. they, and I, we were just starting. We were just starting. And then I had a bug up my butt. I couldn't stand what the NCAA was doing, and we we quit with two more years to go in our contract with Reebok. Nothing. The other two had reasons. One guy fired me. The other guy lied to me. And the third guy was was paying me more than anybody. It was an anomaly, really. And uh, I said, these kids are getting screwed. They mm. should be sharing in the revenues. So. Really, the now what year? Really now what year was that, Sonny? What year was that? Because that's a two, big issue. Hmm? Well, 2007, I left. I left uh, Reebok, so, so I haven't worked for a company. Yeah, 2007. So I started in 1977 for Nike, and mm-hmm. then those written like 40 years, I guess. I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that 50? But but mm-hmm. I worked for the shoe companies, and I had a great position, mm-hmm. and I did 
I basically did, you know, I was the last call on anything to do with basketball at all those companies. And, you know, uh-huh. marketing was something I did. I did charity games across America that had nothing to do with the countries. I did uh-huh. a lot of different things, you know, call in my uh-huh. life. But uh-huh. basically, when it came down, when it came down to the end game on me, when I saw the kids were getting screwed uh-huh. on the finances, and my wife, for many years, Carl, she was the breadwinner in the family. Pam uh-huh. was a very successful commercial artist. Mm-hmm. And one day she came to me, we were watching games and the old classic sports. And you should remember that was mm-hmm. the old, you know, the football games and the basketball games, the tournaments. Mm-hmm. And they, they sold them for $117 million to an entity. And they, mm-hmm. the NCAA sold all the rights to, you know, these people that started it. And I knew the people. Mm-hmm. And Pammy asked me very innocently, Sonny, do those kids get residuals? And I wow. said, no, because Pam, the world Pam lived in, she got residuals from all the commercials uh-huh. she did. And, uh-huh. you know, that's very successful. Yeah. And, and that started me on that, and which led to, first of all, Brandon Jennings. But he did, he went to Europe. He didn't get uh, the NIL. Mm-hmm. But then when Brandon, you know, then he got drafted 10th, I think, in, in the NBA to uh, Milwaukee. And so that was successful. And then I said, I, I'm never going back. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go. We, we were fortunate enough at that time we had $5 in the bank between the two of mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And we kept this thing. And I started touring colleges, making speeches. And, and one day I ran into a lawyer and a group of lawyers from, from Washington, D.C. who were the top of the branch. And, mm-hmm. and I went out and I got a plaintiff to start. And that plaintiff was Eddie, Eddie uh, uh, Vannon, who I knew because wow. he played in a round ball. He played in my camp. Yeah. I knew his family. Mm-hmm. knew him very well. And Eddie was player of the year at UCLA when he went to National mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I went, I went the whole circle and I'm still in that circle you know, because we're still fighting. Mm-hmm. But what you're seeing today is these kids are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for NIL. Well, that started because of Eddie O'Bannon. That's, wow. that's why they never got anything before. And you would remember this and you knew some of your friends and some of the mm-hmm. kids I knew. And I mm-hmm. never gave a damn what, what somebody gave, but boosters mm-hmm. were the NIL then. And you know that, and I know that, and anybody yeah. ever played sports know that. Yeah. It, it never yeah. bothered me because they were screwing the kids to begin with as far as finances, because most of the time, most of the time, and the kids that I was involved with, and especially mm-hmm. in my all-star games and my camps, they were minority kids. Yeah. And most of the time, through no fault of their own or their family's own, they mm-hmm. didn't have the resources to live on the other side of the track when they went to college. So yeah. people did take care of them. But after all, as we know today, these schools and these networks, you know, mm-hmm. they make billions of dollars. Yeah. Well, we finally cracked that nutshell. So, so Carl, my life has been a journey. And maybe, you know, maybe I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to say this, and if you have another question to him. Mm-hmm. Sonny McCarroll's life started like this, okay? I, I picture it. One guy about three, four years ago on the radio asked me a question. How do you know so many people? Mm-hmm. My answer was, it just came into my mouth like these words are now. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? When I was a kid, I hitchhiked because we didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. And I hitchhiked from you know, this town to that town. I go to the next town and go mm-hmm. to the next town. And you hitchhiked. That's how you got around. Mm-hmm. So when I got, when the dapper started, I became somewhat of a, a celebrity again. And I started meeting other people and going up the food chain and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, along the way, I would meet people. And I'd pick up this individual and would go along. But now it wasn't a kid getting a ride to the next time to see his girlfriend or something. It was a person that would remain in my life. And, mm-hmm. these guys, and they'd get out of the car. Mm-hmm. For 50 years. Carl, I haven't seen you for 50 years, 60 <laughs> years or whatever. But my point is, you never lost my life. 
Yeah. You never lost touch with me in my life, in your life. And you meant something to me. Yeah. You meant something. Uh, and that's what's happened. I had many Paul Davis in my life, whether you play yeah. the games, whether you're a fan, whether you were whatever you were, a coach, yeah. but you were part. In my life, I picked up a lot of hitchhikers. And that's yeah. what they did. And they were people. All the stories didn't end up good. You know that and I know that. Mm-hmm. But I ran into my other the most unique group of people in my life that I don't know anybody else can match. It was because I was so diverse with my life and fortunate. And it all gets back to my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. It all gets back to, I can remember this forever, and, and you can tell you the guys and, you know, back in Braddock, I'll never forget picking up Billy Knight <laughs> to take him to one of those tournaments I was going to. And his mm-hmm. mom was there. And mm-hmm. Billy had a large family, whatever. But I, I didn't mm-hmm. know Billy other than he was a good guy. I didn't know any of the guys until I met him. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Knight, she gave me a paper bag with a sandwich and a nap or something mm-hmm. to make sure that Billy would get something to eat when we got wherever we were going. <laughs> I, I never, I, that was one of those instances you don't right. forget. She was right. mom, not knowing what this guy's going to do with her child. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know what? In 1966, I was, we, we the second year of the round ball. I started taking kids from the round ball up to Allentown, Pennsylvania. They had a great tournament up there. It was more of a state thing, but I checked all the Western Pennsylvania kids that I have. But on the plane that day in 1966 was all the riots started. Mm-hmm. And we were flying over, we were flying over uh, the Pittsburgh airport, going up to Allentown to play that night. Mm-hmm. And the town was burning down and the hills were thick and they were burning everything into California. Mm-hmm. And there we were, there I was, honest and all the kids were minority kids. They were, you know, and, and there we were. And Calvin Murphy was in that play when they could have played the game that year. Yeah, we I all that year. Yeah. I want to ask this, Sonny, for the time we got left. Is all this stuff in your book, Sonny? Because I know you're writing a book. Tell us about <laughs> you and this book. Well, my, my book's got a minute left, and I'll tell this to your public. Mm-hmm. Just trust me, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I could <laughs> give them all away, but I can't. I, I would like people to read it and, and dismiss anything. But I want to tell you on this program, I swear to God Almighty that everything will be the truth, nothing but the truth. And I think it's going to be the most interesting book ever written in this genre. I mean it sincerely. And I'm not a guy, it's not Braggadelli Show, but there are different parts of my life. That's mm-hmm. what's interesting. It just wasn't signing Michael. It just right. wasn't, you know, starting the round ball. I mean, right. you know, I, you know, I, me and my brother and uh, another boyfriend, we, we produced a show in Columbia, South Carolina, Grand Funk Railroad at the, at the New Yeah, Grand, the, 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 the artist, the, I yeah, love that, yeah, the, yeah. the music artist, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, we did that. Me and my, my, my young brother, he's much younger than me, and his friend, but I did that. I, I did those things. I, I did a game, a charity game in, uh, in Louisiana at the Superdome. 63,000 people showed up against Notre wow. Dame and LSU. And we, did, we did it for the homeless people. We gave the money to the homeless people. I'm saying that on this program. Because I want people to understand that life is different. And sometimes you know a person, but you don't know anything. But yeah. more important, it's people who you don't know anything about. And I'm not talking about Sonny Vaccaro. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the Carl Davis of the world. Mm-hmm. that's made great lives for themselves. You don't have to go out and sign Michael Jordan to be a successful person in the world yes. and contribute to life. You contribute to life by taking care of your family and taking care of your friends and being an honest person. And right now, today, we don't live in an honest world. 
This wow. is the worst I've ever seen it, and I'm ashamed and embarrassed. And I wish I had five more minutes to fight on, and because it's, <laughs> so, so it's ridiculous. Well, well, Sonny, you know, believe it or not, Sonny, we're almost out of time. But I want people to know they heard your story, and for them to reach you, I'm going to say it again. Sonny Vaccaro at Mac.com. That's S-O-N-N-Y-V-A-C-C-A-R-O at Mac, M-A-C.com. Wow, Sonny, we're going to have to invite you back. And I'm so glad that we finally got you on, Sonny. We got to invite you back because I know you have more to tell, okay? Man, we want to thank Sonny Vaccaro today. And we want to thank everyone who listened to the show. And for those who miss it and would like to hear it later, you can actually hear it in a podcast. Just go to blackchamber.com, click on radio show, and then podcast. So until we meet again, remember, whether it's education, health, even politics or sports, it's all about business. Stay safe and stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.